All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. If you listened to our recent episode with Mark Brock, you're going to know who's going to be on today's episode. But Nico, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It's Dylan Campion, joined alongside Nico Fernandez, as always. And Nico, before we introduce our guest, how you doing? Doing good, bro. You know, slowly but surely on my way of being the only Red Sox fan to interview like 50 Yankees fans. So <laughs> we're doing good because it seems like every week I just have to hear about 27 rings and then I'm just sitting here as a Red Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Red Sox have been a pretty successful team of late, but... This year, again, a little bit of a struggle, but we are, of course, joined today by Brandon Guidry, the son of former Yankee Ron Guidry. Brandon, how are you doing? And welcome to the show. I'm doing well. Thank you guys for uh, having me. Absolutely. So for our listeners who are loyal to us, they heard Mark Brock, the author of Sons of Baseball, talk about the process of writing the book. And of course, one of the sons that he interviewed as part of the process is with us today, Brandon. So I guess to lead us off to sort of tie the two episodes together how did you get introduced to Mark? How did that process come along? And what was it like sort of knowing that you ended up having the capstone chapters? You were the last chapter of the whole book. I, I know. I felt very honored. Um, of course, anytime you get a book and you're like in a book, you're like, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? And then I was like, oh, I'm the last chapter. So that's a good thing. But then you're like, oh, that could also be a bad thing because that's your like your final <laughs> thought, right? Um, no, Mark had contacted me through uh, Greg King. Uh, Greg King works for the Yankees, has been there for many, many years, a great guy. Uh, and he does a lot of the um, alumni relations stuff. Uh, so I guess Mark reached out to him to see who he knew. And then Greg said, oh, well, there's one guy who uh, his son loves to talk. <laughs> um, and, you know, and so basically, um, Greg just passed his my information over on to Mark. Mark emailed me and you know pitched his idea and i was like you know what sounds like a great idea let me just check with my dad to make sure that he's okay that i do this um i spoke to my dad said you know i won't blast any family secrets i'm not gonna be you know i was like i'll keep i was like solemn vow taking it um and yeah so that's pretty much how it happened and then mark uh we set up a time and just you know like so many people did during COVID, it was like, hey, we're going to Zoom time. We're going to have a meeting. And that was it. And it was great. It was fun. Very easy, simple. Told him what I thought he would like to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Because, of course, if um, you're able to be the son of a major league baseball player, one of the greatest Yankee pitchers of, of time, of all time, the stories are just seeming plentiful. But you actually have one of like the most unique routes because a lot of people, they see – Hall of Fame pitcher, all-star, amazing pitcher, and they think typical route is the kid plays baseball, but you went a different way. How was that dynamic of you being like, yeah, baseball is not really my thing, and how was that? how did that dynamic go? Well, I was never, growing up, was never pressured by my father to play baseball, so that was a good thing. Now, a few other people around the town we grew up in, Lafayette, Louisiana, was a small town. Um, so, and sports were very heavy. So you were kind of expected um, to kind of, oh, go into baseball. And I tried it. I played T-ball. I played like Mustang, realized I was not good. 
I just was not good. I was not good. I didn't have it. Like, I was like, okay. You know, they wanted me to play pitcher. And I was like, nope, that's too close to the plate. The ball's going to come back. I'm going to be much. No. So then they put me in the outfield. And my mom, she was like, Brandon, she was like, you, she was like, do you remember like the Bad News Bears? And I was like, yeah, I've seen that movie. She was like, I think there was a kid who just wandered the field and like picked things and like would play. Like, she was like, every time we looked at you, you were just not having fun. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was like, you know, baseball is not my sport. Um, but I did play soccer. I did play volleyball. I played softball, but baseball was not, you know, wasn't, wasn't in my blood. Um, my younger sister, on the other hand, she's the athlete in the family. She was a cheerleader, a gymnast, a dancer. So I was like, you know what? You can take that. You can take <laughs> that pressure. And you can do what you want with it. But yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, you just one point you just realized baseball was not my sport. I was not, you know, and even when I said that I wasn't interested anymore, but I was like, good, that's fine. He's like, I've been part of it. He's like, it's not an easy <laughs> Not an easy business. I love it. And then you did also mention, though, that you grew up in Louisiana, and then all of a sudden you sort of get transported into New York. That's got to be two completely different lifestyles. So what was that experience like? And I believe you're, I think Mark said that you're in New York or that area now. So I am. Yeah, I, you know what, I, I loved it. I, cause I've always been kind of an, I was always an adventurous kid. I always liked to, you know, we had these woods behind our house and I would always go and like explore you know, danger, danger I didn't care about. I was like, yeah, I'll cross a river. That's fine. No problem. I'll stick my hand in this hole. Who knows what's in there? I don't care. So, but I always loved like exploring and going away. And when my dad was playing, he was, he retired in 1989. So I was nine years old. Um, and we would spend a majority of the year in Lafayette. We would go to school. Um, you know, we start school in Louisiana in August. Um, and so we would do August to about you know, December um, in Lafayette. Then we would go away to Colorado for like a holiday. We would come back uh, and then my dad would go to spring training and then we'd stay in school. And then in February-ish, we would go to Florida, Fort Lauderdale back in the day um, for spring training for two weeks. We would take off of school. Uh, and then my mom and I would, my mom and my sisters would come back. Uh, my dad would fly up with the team and then we'd stay in Louisiana till May, and then we'd fly up here. We had a house in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Um, and we just, you know, would stay for the season. Uh, but so we were, we did move around a lot. Um, and my mother, surprisingly still sane, like moving three kids across the country three or four times a year. God bless her. Um, and yeah, so it wasn't that big of a, like a culture shock for me because I loved Every time we came up to New York, and even though we lived in New Jersey, we were at the stadium. The rule was if my dad was pitching, we were there first inning and you stayed till the ninth inning. You didn't leave. So you stay there and the game started at eight o'clock and they were over by 11. So very quick games back <laughs> in the day. Um, so, yeah, we would come to the stadium at eight. If my father wasn't um, wasn't pitching, we were there by the third inning and you stayed in the stands until my mom got tired of us and she was like, okay, go downstairs. <laughs> but the rule was you always went to the game. We went to pretty much every home game for, you know, at least nine years of my life. And <clears throat> I just loved coming into the city and I loved the energy that the city had and still has to this day. And I was never, I think I, maybe I was probably nine, 10 around when the time my dad required retired. And I was like, 
I don't like the South. I don't like living in the country, in the quiet, in the, you know, I was like, that's not for me. So I went away to college. I moved away as soon as I finished college. Then I went home for a year. And then I've been here since 2006. So yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, I completely, the exact thing you're saying, I completely agree with. I have friends, like I'm from Miami, that Fort Lauderdale know very well. And it's like people telling me, they're like people from a little bit up north, they're like, yeah, I want to be in the country. And I'm like, it's just different. It's completely different dynamic being in the city versus being being in the country. It's just, right. I feel like people are just built one way or the other. I, I, I agree. I agree. You know what? Maybe I'll retire to the country one day when I'm, you know, 70, 80. So, but Leo, like right now, I'm like, you know what, if I wanted to do something, I can do it. And I don't have to get in the car and drive and do it. And like, yeah, I can just go and do it. So that's what I, yeah. I just like the energy of New York. I've always loved the energy of New York. And there's so much here, history, architecture, art, theater, culture. Yeah. Just not saying the South doesn't have any of that, but I, you know, I can experience that. But do you think... So obviously you were there for eight, nine years, what you would say. Do you think you created more of an appreciation for baseball from like an outside perspective? Because one thing I've learned, and I think Dylan could share the same sentiment, is like as we kind of like phased out of like, okay, we're kind of done with baseball. We, we're not really going to play baseball. I mean, we're going to go to college. I think me personally, I've grown like a greater appreciation from seeing baseball as like an outsider rather than a more of a fan as opposed to like a player. Right. I think with when I was growing up, I knew like I knew what baseball was, but because it was like my dad's job, I didn't really pay attention to it. You know, like it wasn't a thing like I didn't I wasn't worried about collecting autographs. I wasn't worried about statistics or anything that the after we were removed for a couple of years from the game. And then you can actually sit down and like I could watch baseball games with my dad and he could actually explain things. That's when I kind of was like, oh. Okay, it's yeah. All right. Oh, I see this. Now I know what this means. And I know. So yeah, there was kind of a different, um, I guess, viewpoint from when he was playing. Um, Because I was a kid. I didn't care what my dad, my dad, I didn't care. He, so he gave up a home run in the first inning. I'm like, oh, you suck. Boo. Like, <laughs> like, it's what you do. But like as a as a, an adult and you can actually sit back and watch games with your dad, and he can explain things and in a different kind of way. Like, I do love to ask him if he's, if he's, you know, we're watching a game, if he's in town and he's watching a game, I'll ask him, how do you pitch to so-and-so? How would you pitch to so-and-so? Um, like, and he'll tell you, he'll pitch Aaron Judge, like Aaron's got a hole, like right here. And he's like, oh yeah, I would just hit him right there. You know, like right in the upper chest, like that's where he's got a hole. <laughs> so it's always kind of fun like to do that. And then I always ask him, like, um, if you had to pick your 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 starting rotation, you can't be on the starting rotation. Who do you pick? Which players from whenever and wherever? So it's things like that. But there is a different appreciation I see um, from when he was playing and, you know, to now, because I do appreciate the game a lot more now. Uh, I think I'll probably understand it a lot more now. Absolutely. And then sort of adding on to that point, what was it sort of like, because I know you said you were, he retired when you were like nine. So maybe almost in the moment when you're an eight or nine-year-old, you're just running around the club saying, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm taking all the food, all the snacks. But now yeah. looking back on it a couple years later. so much bubble gum. <laughs> so much bubble gum. 
yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it was. Bazooka Joe Bubblegum. That's what was. <laughs> Stuff in the pockets with everything. <laughs> the pockets, the cheeks, whatever I could. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But what was it sort of like now looking back on it, of sort of realizing like, wow, I actually did that. I was in the clubhouse after wins. I was, someone might have pitched a complete game shut and I'm just walking up to him with a mouthful of Bazooka Bubblegum. So sort of, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's it was fun because you look back on it now and you realize, oh, we were just one big family. And the players who the younger guys um, like Dave Rigetti wasn't married at the time, didn't have any, didn't have a family, didn't have kids, but we treated him as like one of our uncles. So that was a, that was what one of the great things was, is that we were a very close knit family because it is a lot different today. Like back in the day, the security concerns weren't there. You could go move here. People didn't, you didn't have to have a badge or a tag or things like that. Um, and now it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, it was, that's what it was. It was just like a family kind of atmosphere. And that's what I think going into the locker room and going up to like Dave Rigetti or Don Mattingly, who also had some, who had a son at the time, our age, around my age, a couple of years younger than us. Um, just that's what you did yeah we were just running around the locker room and i'm sure we got on some of their nerves i'm sure <laughs> some of the guys were like get who are, first of all who are these kids get these kids out of here but for the most part it was just you went in the locker room you sat with your you sat in your dad's locker he did you know media he would go shower come back take you out we'd be my mom and my sisters and then we'd go home yeah it was just it it was a that's what became our life when for, you know, June, July, August ish, that was our life. And then once we got back to Louisiana, completely different, you went to school and, and, you know, your friends, you tried to explain to your friends what you did over the summer. They were like, great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. It was so hard to explain like, Oh yeah, I went to Baltimore. I went to Boston and we did this and I, yeah. And they're like, great. I went to Baton Rouge. I went to New Orleans. You're like, oh, well, that's great. But yeah, it was like it was kind of a completely different um, aspect because you had the baseball family that understood exactly what you went through. But then we had our family and friends back in Louisiana that they were happy for us, but it it never registered. Like they couldn't, you know, they couldn't. They didn't have a point to a reference point. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think you said it best when like you were talking about just. The dynamic of it being like a family because i think the yankees like with all the things they do i think they do a really good job of because of their culture and they have so many like renowned guys like your father like people like Derek jeter hideki matsui mariano they do a great job of incorporating everyone for in things like old timers day which yeah. obviously I, that's a great event like have you had how have your experience has been like doing things like old timers day doing things that the yankees do and to incorporate your father and you into the yankees culture I think old timers day for the Yankees is one of, I know for the, the, the guys, the old timers uh, it's one of their favorite days because they get to see guys who they don't normally see all the time. And when they get back together, first of all, the stories, the goodness, <laughs> the, the fish in that story goes from this size to this size, to this size, like the, that's fish gets bigger every year for these stories. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was 102 degrees and I was pitching in the, and you're like, no, you aren't, but that's fine. Um, yeah, but no, it's great. Cause, uh, it's, it's, it's such a fun time because we get to see 
like I get to see kids that I grew up with and social media there's there, but you don't get really to sit down and, and see how they're doing. And some have kids, some are married, some are, it's like, oh, that's great. It's great to catch up and have a, like a good sit down, like catch up with someone. Um, I can remember, yeah, there's a lot of old timer stories. My One of my first, one of my dad's first old timers day, um, again, about nine years old, eight, nine years old. And we were waiting for them to move us to a suite or something. And I never collected autographs to this day. I still don't collect autographs. I can't, I can't do it. I physically <laughs> can't do it. And like, I don't, I think I have one autograph from my dad. One. Um, and it's on a group ball. It's not even an individual <laughs> baseball. Um, and we were in like the Yankee lobby and I can just remember it. And I'm there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get, some uh yeah and so i was like oh i was like okay um oh okay who do i know and i was looking around i was like oh i know that guy so i was like okay so I'm joe dimaggio so i was like okay i'm gonna go get his autograph now i didn't know joe's personality but i was like i'm a kid he's not gonna tell me no was i wrong oh <laughs> like i walked up to him like little me and I was like, had the ball in the pen. And I was like, I was like, excuse me, sir, would you please, would you mind saying, and he's like, no, like not even. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So like dejected and just like heartbroken. I turn around, like start walking away, the ball's in my hand. Somebody grabs the ball out of my hand, signs it, puts it back in my hand. I was like, don't worry, kid, he's always been that way. Look up, it was Mickey Mantle. So I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, yeah, take that joke. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's one of my, yeah, that's one of my favorite, like favorite memories of, you know, see people like, how have, do you have famous autographs? I was like, I really have one really big favorite auto, like famous autograph. And it's a funny story too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good time because you get to see like my dad, uh, like I never knew um, Thurman Munson um but and i've always told my dad of all his teammates that would have been the one that i think i would have loved to have met um because of just the stories i've heard but his widow diana comes every year and so i've gotten to know her and then through her her husband and their family um so it's things like that and then the you know helen hunter catfish hunter's wife she's there and she's wonderful she's so sweet she's from north carolina She's the sweetest person I know. Kay Mercer's there. And it's just like you get to see just good people. And it's it's a great, fun day. Um, and the, the way they do it's changed over the years. And, you know, because they don't play the game anymore. And this year was a little bit different. And so, but it's, you know, it's fun. I know, I know surprisingly a lot of the older guys, and when I say older guys like my dad's age, they want to play the game. And they want to do this. And I'm like, dad, you're 73 years old. I don't, I don't, no offense to anyone who's old. I'm not being ageist or anything like that. But I'm like, dad, I don't want you running around, like trying to catch a pop-up. And <laughs> it just, you know, you don't need to hurt yourself just to, and he's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, but I know a lot of the guys, like I was talking to Willie Randolph this year and he's like, yeah, I missed the game too. He's like a couple years ago, I, I tripped and fell on my face, but I didn't hit my face. And you're like, well, see, this is concern for kids where we're like, I don't want my parents <laughs> running around the field. 
So yeah, it's just, it, it's a fun day for them. And so I think it makes it fun for our family because I see how, how happy it makes my dad. Um, Cause we've heard the stories in our family ad nauseum, like, you know, and so it's, it's always good when there are new people there and he can tell the stories to someone else. <laughs> uh so yeah but it's a good fun day absolutely because i know the mets recently started doing old timers day for the first time in a while and they actually did play the game and i think one of the highlights was i think it was steve dylan who's probably around 80 at this point got on the mound and faced daniel murphy and i was a little nervous because daniel murphy's a 38 year old who probably could hit a line drive right back up the middle and i don't not to disrespect steve dylan but i don't know if those reflexes are naturally going to come back 50 years later but i I don't think he's the same as he once was (laughs) it's uh, it's like so crazy because those older guys get up there and they're like i'm about to hit a home run and you're like i don't you're about to pull a hamstring is what you're about to do like it's uh, yeah like my dad he'll want he when they played the game and this is my this is my dad will tell you this he'll warm up for like a week before the game He'll just go out in the backyard and just throw. I'm like, so it's taking you a week to warm up and you want to play a solid three innings of baseball? You'll be icing your shoulder for a month. So yeah, uh, but it's 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 a good, it's a fun day. It really is. I, a fun day. I love to hear that they also incorporate you guys because again, it's like the guys you grew up with for a bunch of summers. You're going to see them for the first time in a couple right. of years, and every year it's like, "Hey, I remember you." That sort of yeah. stuff. So, and then like even like even if guys played with the team for a game, a season, several years, and you still had that, you're like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in twenty years. Look at you and your kids and your family." And it's great, you know, to see just people who just came into your life and yeah. I love it. Absolutely. So we have three questions to throw at you here in the sport of baseball. We got to get the three outs and then the side is retired. So if you're game for them, we've got three to throw at you. Okay. I think so. All right. So the first one's going to be a little tricky, but if you had to pinpoint one point as sort of your favorite baseball memory moment, it could be as a kid, could be an old timer's day, could be watching a game with your dad on the couch. What would you say that would be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I would I would say it was my dad's first old timers day when he was introduced to the fans because he retired, I want to say like three or four days before the actual old timers day. And he agreed to play in it. And this is when like Joe DiMaggio was there, Mickey Mantle was there, Whitey Ford, big names. And my father was the last one that they introduced. And the fans stayed on their feet for a good two minutes, just applauding. And you're like, oh, I I get it. I get what my father did. And I get what why he was away for so long and why he, yeah, I get it. And so that I think for me stands out as one of my favorite like moments. That that's amazing. Just yeah, of course. I mean he's a Yankee legend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, we yeah. Did I didn't know that at the time, but the older, again, that's another thing. I'm like, oh, look at them still standing. That's great, wonderful. But like, you're like, you the more you think about it, you're like, oh, wow, they're still standing. Because after a while, you're like, it's kind of getting weird now that they're still standing. <laughs> but yeah, it's you're you think about it and you're like, oh, because they respect them and they, they're actually saying goodbye. So it's emotional and it's fun because my dad never, that's one thing he always regretted. He never really got to say goodbye. Because his his retirement was a little, 
I'm not going to say it was pushed and forced, mm -hmm. but it was kind of pushed and forced. Um, so he never really got to have like a final thank you to the fans. And I think that's what he was doing that day. Yeah, that's great. So second question we got for you, obviously, because of your dad, you've been in, been watching baseball for a long time. How do you see baseball now as a fan or just how do you view baseball? Um, I think I see it as a fan now um, with a little bit of a bias. I think, you know, um, the game has changed a little bit, you know, with instant replay, pitch clocks other random other you know where back in the day and i say back in the day like the 80s 70s and 80s it, it you left things up to chance right like if an umpire missed a call he missed the call but then next inning maybe he got a call in your favor or so there was just something about i guess the the excitement of kind of what baseball was and now it's still exciting but there's so many, like, it's all about home runs and it's about how far can you hit the ball? Like drop down a bunt. Like who doesn't love a bunt, right? Like, about, like, Oh, move a runner, just move a runner. Like, Oh my gosh, a suicide, like a suicide steal. Come on. Like, uh, you know, like things like that where you, they don't do anymore. And if they're even starting to talk about eliminating the shift, like as a baseball player, if there's a, if they're putting a shift on you, disregard the shift hit hit to where they're not shift you know there's there's gonna be like it that's it's just i guess the mentality of baseball has changed just a little bit um but yeah i watch it as a fan and that's what i kind of i watch it as a fan with like a little bit of a you know a bias like they were talking like this past old timers day um they were celebrating the 98 team which was a great team don't get me wrong but i was sitting there and i could hear several people like i wonder if we could do kind of a simulation between the 78 Yankees and the 98 Yankees. And I was like, that's an interesting debate. Like who, cause you got like that 78 team. I wasn't around then, but that 78 team was a good scruffy team, you know? So yeah, it's just, it's, I, I do watch it as a fan these days and I appreciate it as a fan, but I understand like there's part of you, parts of me that miss kind of the old, you know, rough and gruff and, tumble aspect of it absolutely not to toot your dad's horn but that night that 78 team was kind of led by a Cy Young award winner that had a sub two era through almost that's, 300 innings and uh yeah that's what i heard that's what i heard <laughs> yeah I <think laughs> and i mean if you're i know nico i know you're a you're you're a red Sox fan that was a tough year for you guys it was the the red Sox fans have been have talked about that year ever since we, until they want recently won like the World Series. That was it. They were like, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> no. But it's great. Like, I mean, I've talked to several Red Sox fans and they're like, I hated the Yankees. I hated your father, but I respect <laughs> him. I was like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. You can hate my dad all you want, but you've respect him. That's okay with me. I can say that's my exact opinion on like a yeah. ton of Yankees. Like I went and my love for the Red Sox truly came from hating the Yankees. Honestly, and like, there's just some people that I'm like, look, like, I, you're a Yankee, so I'm not allowed to like you, but like, right, I can still respect you. You're a Yankee, your and you're a part of all this. I have to respect you, right? Like, yeah, I respect the game you play. I don't have to like you. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what's funny. 
I love it. And I know Nico's not trying to name Derek Jeter, but I know that's the guy you're oh. thinking of right now, Nico. <laughs> oh, Nico, who's your favorite current Yankee? You have to, you have, to have one. Oh, I, I easily have one. Uh, Nestor Cortez. He's from Miami. From Miami, went to Hialeah High. Good choice. I know. I like it. And then, I, the... I, what am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just went, know him. No, I don't. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we hang out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Close friends. Let me call him right now. Hold on. First name yeah. basis. It's nasty. Yeah. 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 I guess that's uh, funny. That's how people thought like I was to George Steinbrenner. They're like, oh yeah, you know him. I'm like, no. <laughs> what, what, do you think I'm just, uh, as an eight-year-old kid, I'm just walking into his office being like, what's up? No. Like, <laughs> no. He did. I will say he did. When I graduated from high school, I was like, you know what? I'm going to test something out. So I wrote him a graduation invitation, put my senior picture in it, sent it to the stadium. About two weeks later, I get a telegram from George Steinbrenner saying, dear Brandon, stop. Congratulations on your graduation. Stop. You've turned into a fine young man. Stop. Your friend, George Steinbrenner. Still Do you have still it. have it? I was about to I say. Still you... have it. It's somewhere like in a box somewhere of like memorabilia that I have. And I was like, who sends a telegram? George Steinbrenner. 19, in 1998, sent me a telegram. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's the Although those are the things that part of your journey, you're going to remember that for the rest yeah. of your life and have it with you to go forward with. Uh, and then the third question we have for you, I think you probably might have seen this one coming, but at the end of our interview with Mark Broff, we said, all right, Mark, you're on the spot and you get to nominate the next guest and he threw your name out there. So Ooh. the question might now turn in your favor of now you get to shout out someone could be one of those other sons that you've met along the journey or anyone else across your baseball path that you get to say, I think he'd be a great story to have on next. Oh man. I think, I think if you can talk to Mikey Munson, okay. I think if you could talk to Thurman Munson's son, he's a great guy. He I like really it. He's a great guy. Um, and he's got, I'm sure he's got a lot of stories. Uh, but yeah, that's who I would nominate. 100%. Nico, yeah. we're going to have to get on that. Or I would nominate him or maybe Andre Randolph. like that one too. Former Met manager there yeah. as well. There you go. <laughs> See? I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to be nice and friendly. And I love it. I'm just tallying up Yankees interviewed. I'm going to break the... I'm going to find... Like, who do I know? Who I'm like, what other son do I know whose father didn't play just for the Yankees? <laughs> oh, could, you know... Yeah, no, those are it. I mean, that's it. I'm sorry. My dad played 14 oh, years with the Yankees. That's all I got. That's yeah. all I got. That's all I got. You're good. Don't worry. Those are great. I love it. Absolutely. But yeah. it's been a blast getting to hear your story and hearing your perspective. Of course, yeah. if people haven't checked it out, check out Sons of Baseball by Mark Broff. Brandon's in that talking about their journey from Louisiana all the way to New York City, New Jersey. But really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today thank you guys so so much this was great this was hey, thank you so much it was a blast absolutely yes. so for dylan nico and brandon until the next time the side is retired